Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. I am so excited to have my guest that I have in our virtual studio tonight. We're going to dive into literacy and education. And we know that this has been a very traumatic and trying year this year. And we understand that education is very important. Matter of fact, it's crucial to the future of our children. So I'm super excited to have my guests in the house tonight and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, but let me tell you first of all who she is and then we're going to go ahead and get you um, acclimated to her. So my guest tonight is Michelle Person. She is a passionate educator with over 20 years of experience in education. In 2017, while searching for books for her youngest daughter, she was disappointed by her inability to find diverse multicultural characters that her daughter, as well as other students she serves, could identify with. So what does she do? She began writing as a way to fill that void. Her work took her into dozens of schools, meeting and coaching hundreds of teachers and parents. And it became very clear very quickly that the lack of diversity was an issue across all content areas in elementary education. And this is not anything new. This is a topic that we have touched on before. So I'm super excited to have Michelle here so we can dive a little bit deeper into that. So after our introduction, I will introduce to you no other than Miss Michelle Person. So you already know what to do. Go ahead and make yourself comfortable. Grab your favorite drink and enjoy the ride because you are finally at home at Kiva's Place. So stay tuned. Welcome to Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. We hope that by the end of our show, you're left feeling empowered, motivated, and connected. So come on in the room. Grab your favorite drink. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Because you're finally at home. At Kiever's place. And welcome back to Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. So as promised, without further ado, I would like to introduce to you Miss Michelle Persons. So come on in the room, Queen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so excited to have you, Michelle. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this particular segment with us. No problem. It's my pleasure. So tell our viewers a little bit more about you. I know I gave them a little bit of background on how your uh, passion evolved around literacy, but tell us a little bit more about who Michelle Persons is. So Michelle Person is an educator who has been educating people for about officially 20 years now, 20 or so years. Um, I've been in the classroom and I've worked at the building level as a building administrator. Um, and what I have found is that although I am extremely passionate about education, I believe in it. I think it has the power to change lives. I also recognize that it is often misused. People, um, you know, you can take, you can change, you can you can control the education you feed to a group of people and it can dramatically change the output you get um, when you talk about that particular group of people. 
Um, and, and so I have become very, very frustrated with the way education works. It is not all about education. Often it is about what works best for the people making the decisions. Um, it's about um, it's about what fits what policy. Um, worst case scenarios, it's about what what um, what contract uh, boxes get checked and, you know, what works best for grown people and not work what works best for little people. Um, and so that frustration with education after 20 some odd year has led me to kind of break off and begin to do my own thing to try to make a dent um, and, and and share the education, the, the important education that I got in education for. I got in education to transform lives. I got into education because I wanted to make sure that our children had a strong foundation. And the further up in education I went, I just found that I just kept getting doors slammed and, you know, being told, no, we can't do it like this or we don't have the money for this. Um, and so I'm like, I'm just going to do it my way. And so just like me presents and my books and my curriculums and my training are me breaking down the door because this information is there. It's important. I want to make sure it's out there and I'm going to do it my way. So that's that's a little bit more about me. I love that. Let me ask you this question. Um, diversity in education. And that has been a hot topic for several, several years. But maybe it's just me, but it appears to be now since all of the movements with Black Lives Matter and all of that is more in the forefront now, not necessarily bridging the gap, but it seems as if, and correct me if I'm wrong, outside of looking in, it seems as if it's more politics involved in education now. And not only that, what is flooring me is that there's actually debate about taking certain things out of the curriculum, you know, that has transpired in our history. And when I say history, I don't mean black history as a whole, American history, you know, so what's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, um, first off, let's be clear. Politics has always been involved in education. Um, politics, I mean, from on, um, you know, I'm, I have a, I also have a podcast and one of the, the, the issues that we talk about is the trends in education. Um, and, and education is nothing but trends. And the trends are usually um, associated with what is important in politics at a specific time, right? So in the 70s, you had the open classroom model because we were coming off the 60s and the big love and everybody wants to be together. And that was a horrible idea and it doesn't work. You took a whole bunch of kids, you threw them in a class, and you had people just all over the place and it was... It can work, I suppose, but you know that. But that was a big thing. But it wasn't fueled by. It wasn't necessarily fueled by what was best in education. It was fueled by what was happening in our world. Um, the '80s brought us mainstreaming, and we call it now inclusion. And that was that wasn't that was about. There were cases brought against. Um, you know, political cases that were brought against because children weren't being educated. So you had so that it all trickles down, right? And so, you know, for the last couple of years, there's been a push to diversify education, be more inclusive. But, you know, when you have people who are who don't understand the power of the vote and, uh, you know, want to you want to claim that it doesn't matter which person you vote for because they're both evil and don't understand that it's it's not just about the person that you put in the White House. It's about the people that you vote for at the local and, and state level because they are the people creating policy. They are the people who don't have any background in education but who are making decisions about what your child can learn in the public schools that you're paying for with your tax dollars. Like 
those are the types of things that um that are really really important to to understand because they make a big difference and so as the political climate shifts meaning people who are in office who want to see a certain status quo held up begin to make policy they can change with no education degree behind them whatsoever they can change what's put in front of our kids they can change the rules they can change the the you know what what we can say what we can't say if we want to receive those free tax dollars and we need them public education is public and it's free for everyone so because of the people we put in office they can make changes based on what they feel their constituents want and when we make decisions as a people not to go out to the midterm elections and not vote and because it doesn't it doesn't matter and if our vote mattered it then you know blah 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 i know that's a whole nother show girl i'm sorry but when we do things like that um it, it becomes very political because what they do then is with their political power they make decisions about education that directly impact your child and that's what they're doing right now they're making political decisions that make themselves feel comfortable so they don't have to take responsibility for any of what's going on in the country the shift was going towards hey let's let's talk about a reckoning um you know like do we really need to talk about rep uh, um uh reparations we really need to talk about public apologies do we really need to change policy nope because if we say it never happened and there was nothing wrong with it we don't gotta have those other conversations and we're gonna start by not even letting it be entered into the schools. And that's what they're doing. It is very political. And um, and, and all I can say is um, to that is the, the the next midterm election, you know, that, that's coming up in another year or so, um, you know, please vote in it and, and try to make sure that you are um, uh, um, very well versed in what those people's stances on education are because make no mistake about it, it is the politicians who are deciding what we teach. I think you are 100% correct. And, and that's why I pose that question because a lot of people don't, I don't know if they just don't know or they just don't comprehend how important those midterms elections are. You know, it's wonderful to turn out in, you know, um, droves to vote the next president in, but what about on your local level? Like, those are the elections that really matter, and those are the elections that's really going to um, determine what happens with our children on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, believe it or, believe it or not, there, and you just said something that just um, resonated with me. If it's not doc, we have a saying, I'm a licensed physical therapist assistant by trade. And there's a saying that we use in the medical field. If it's not documented, then it never happened, right? Yep. So mm -hmm. think about that in terms of our children's education. If, uh, if history is erased, because people don't want to face it any longer, whether it's good, bad, ugly, indifferent. If it's erased, then it's almost like it never happened because, you know, it's no longer um, put before our kids because it makes some people feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. we 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 have our work cut out to it. And to be quite honest, we need to hold our politicians um, to the highest standard as possible. Mm -hmm. But in order 
for us to do that, we have to do our jobs. And that is get ourselves educated and get and let our, our voices be known because unfortunately our children don't have the voice to speak for themselves. So right. it's really our responsibility to be that voice for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about the achievement gap and there is some that would say that's a myth, right? What's your thoughts about that? And how does it make you feel when you hear that there is no you know, gap? There is um, no such thing and everybody is on level footing. And I know you have heard it because I have heard it and I'm not in the education field, you know, but there's a myth out there that everyone is on the same playing field. They have the same um, resources. All of that. So what's your thought process on, on that? Well, I think anybody who thinks who, who actually has the audacity to say, um, oh, everybody starts off with the same the same exact um, the same exact playing field and all the resources are there and everybody has an equal chance has literally never been in a school. I mean, there, there, there's nothing there's no there's literally nothing else to say. They, they've not been in a school probably since they left. Um, and if they and if they have a young child, they probably drop their kid off at the door and say bye. And they know what they pour into their child. And so they're like, well, clearly, if I'm doing this for my child then everybody else is doing it for their child as well. And that's just not true. Um, you know, I've worked at um, I've worked primarily that the bulk of my educational experience has been in um, in urban schools. I've worked at high performing urban schools. I've worked at frustratingly low performing urban schools. I've worked in different cities. I've actually my, my very my last um, assignment that I, I just ended. Um, I was at my first suburban school. Um, and and what I found there was it, it's not any different. They just have the problem on a smaller scale, but they have a whole bunch of resources to pour into the problem. So the kids who go to those schools who are lucky enough to live in those districts who go to those schools, the playing field does get they get brought up to the level of their peers faster. Um, but there aren't a lot of us there. And so, you know, that that's that those 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 examples, those shiny examples of like people like the narrative of like homeless to Harvard. Those are great, right? Those are great individual stories. But for every homeless to Harvard, for every person who made it through, there's like literally 15, you know, people who didn't, you know, it just, and it, so you're, so you're sacrificing and, and 15 is a classroom, right? So you want to, you want to play up and celebrate the one example of, well, yeah, well, they pull themselves up by their bootstraps. What about the other 15 kids that didn't even, that came to school with no bootstraps? Cause they came to school with no boots. So you want to tell me that they're everything, all things being equal, they have no boots. So how, where, where are they supposed to pull exactly? Like, where, how does this work? So yeah, anybody who, who tells you that there's no achievement gap, they've clearly never been in, in school. They not since they left, um, or they, or they 100% drop their kid off at the door and just assume that well, parents know to do this. I'm a parent, so and I do this. So clearly everybody else is doing this too. And that's just not how it works. The achievement gap is very, very real. It requires a lot of time, commitment, effort, and resources to close it. Um, and it's hard, even with time, effort, and resources. It is very, very difficult. Yeah, and that is so true. And then on top of that, I really believe that it does take a village. It takes a village, you know, and you just um use a perfect example of that one person 
who was able to make it to Harvard or make it to, you know, Princeton or any of those um, Ivy League schools. But it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get that child there. Let me ask you about because you just made a comment, you know, that some parents um, are proactive and important to their, you know, children. Is there a specific age where parents should be concerned about literacy when it comes to their children? Is there a certain grade level? Because there's some parents that that will say, you know what, my child is only two, they can't even talk yet. Why should I, you know, worry about reading to them? You know, that's the teacher's job or whatever. So is there a certain age where parents need to start introducing literate literacy to their children 100 percent. the day you come home from the hospital no he's like no like literally it's it's that it's that early um and and the part of that is because the people who make the policies hence the politicians have decided that all children have to be able to read and write at a certain level by a certain age. So I'm in Ohio um, and in Ohio, we have what's called a third grade reading guarantee. And a lot of states have um, implemented a third or a fourth grade reading guarantee in some form or another, meaning they have decided that in addition to state tests, which all states test, all every state has their own standardized tests. But in addition to standardized tests, they, they have a, a test where at a certain grade level, if you don't pass that test, you do not get to go on to the next grade. Usually it's third or fourth grade because policymakers or researchers have found that if a child does not read well by the third, cannot fluently read by the third or fourth grade, their chances of graduating high school diminish significantly. Um, it puts them on a trajectory. You talk, I'm sure people have talked, heard about the prep uh, prison to, uh, school pipeline, school to prison pipeline, like all of those things began to come into play. So, because third or fourth grade is like that benchmark year, which let me say as an educator, I do not agree with. I think all children develop at their own pace. Um, and, and you and we I wish, which is why I've again started doing my own thing. I wish we could pour into children and give each kid what they need to get to where they need to go in their own time. That is not what traditional education looks like. And so traditional education says third grade fourth grade, right? You have to hit those markers. Um, and that being said, if you want your baby to be able to, to reach those markers as a parent, you have to start pouring into them from the time they come home from the hospital. Um, the, stud the studies say that, you know, um, that uh, students, people who are read to for just 20 minutes a day um, hear, I think something like 3 million words more than somebody who's not read to at all. Um, so 20 minutes a day, a, a bedtime story here, a bedtime story there um, can significantly Im impact what your child comes to school ready to do. And, and let me clarify that a little bit. So you can say, I mean, my kid will learn when they go to school. They're bright. You know, I know he's my kid is smart and I, well, I don't have time to spend, the, you know, teaching letter sounds and reading books. And, you know, I work and I'm a single parent and I'm this and I'm that or we both work and retired. OK, fine. But I need you to understand that in most kindergartens, the expectation is at this point, they want kindergartners leaving kindergarten. They want five-year-olds to leave kindergarten and be able to read. They expect, in order for that to happen, that they pretty much come in 
knowing the alphabet and most of their sounds. So if you're if you're waiting till kindergarten to introduce all the letters and the sounds to your baby, your baby is behind. If you are waiting till kindergarten to make sure your kids can count to 10, 15, that they have one-to-one -one correspondence, meaning if you say two, they know to put up one, two fingers. Like if you're waiting for the kindergarten teacher to teach that, and if you think they're getting a nap time and cookies and milk, that's not, no. That's not that's not what kindergarten looks like anymore. And um, and if and if you and, and what's going to end up happening is they're going to call you in probably in March and say, Mrs. So-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so, we really think juniors should do kindergarten again. And then you're hurt. Like my baby, my, my why does my baby have to do kindergarten again? My baby is smart. I know my baby is smart and your baby really might be smart. But your baby did not get the probably two years of preschool, Head Start, whatever else everybody else got. So those kids all came in and they know how to read. They know they know their alphabet. They know the sounds. They can write their name. They know their color. Like so they all the stuff that we used to learn in kindergarten, they didn't know. Um, and you already almost are expected to know when you get there. So they're ready for the next thing. The thing that the policymakers have determined that it's important for them to know. So. You can decide. You can definitely feel like that. You can say, you know, I'll take my baby sweet time, and we. I don't. I don't have the time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I just need people to understand, and that may really be your prerogative. And truly, honestly, if you're not going to keep your baby in traditional school, there is nothing wrong with following their lead. There are plenty of educational theories that say that children shouldn't be forced to learn how to read at age five because developmentally they're not ready, and some kids are not. And so, but if you, if that's the path you want to take, you have to be prepared to move a little bit differently and accept some of the consequences that are going to happen if you're saying, well, I'm going to let the school handle it because the school's going to handle it the way that the policymakers say they have to handle it. And they're all about, I'm looking at your baby. I'm already projecting three years from now. Will they be able to pass this state test in third grade? And I know that my job is contingent upon whether or not your baby can pass this test. So if I'm looking at your baby in kindergarten and I know he don't know his letters, he can't go to first grade and you might be mad at me, but I like my job and my benefits. And so your baby got to be, your baby has to be retained. And it, I mean, it's that you have to understand the system. You really have to understand the system. Pour into your children beginning when you bring them home from the hospital, read to them 20 minutes a day, the things that you think kindergarten is supposed to teach them, they are supposed to learn before they get there now. And so that's it. I mean, and if you understand that, you understand that it, it is really worth your time and your and the effort and the commitment to to do that work before they get into kindergarten. And that is so true. And I'm so glad that you really took the time to break that down. And I can remember, you know, my mother um, poured into me. I was her oldest daughter, and and I'm 43. Mm -hmm. I'm 43 years old. But what I can say is that she literally took her time and she poured into me so much to where I was too advanced for Head Start. I barely made it to kindergarten because they said I was too advanced. Mm -hmm. And I took her example and poured into my children the exact same way. Who's my son is 20. He'll be 22 in November. My daughter just graduated high school and they were too advanced for preschool and head, head start. But I said all that to say this, as parents, we have to make sure that we 
hold ourselves responsible for the beginning stages of our children's education. And we should not respect for the school systems or whoever else, the daycare teachers, which is all fine and good because if you're leaving your children in a structured environment, I hope you would expect them to have some type of a structure as far as learning. But ultimately we have, as parents, we have to hold ourselves responsible. And I was a parent that, you know, summers did not mean you just sat around and you just played video games. We were at the library once a week. They had to check out books once a week. We read, they had to write me book reports. They had fun, but it was summers was not a time for them to just sit around and do nothing because I think it's very important to keep their minds as sharp as possible. So what's your thoughts on because it's some that believe, you know, it's summer. They don't work the whole nine months. They really, really deserve that time off to do nothing. What's your thoughts? Um, um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to be 100% real. Like, I, I mean, I if you are going to have your child in traditional public school from kindergarten all the way through 12, you can't do that. Um, summer slide is real. And, and that, I mean, and every, you know, as a teacher, the first, the first month, the first month and a half is not me teaching any new content. I'm reviewing everything they learned the previous school year so that I can, so that I can begin to introduce new concepts to them. Um, and it goes fast. Some, some years you have a really smart class and smart meaning they didn't lose as much. And so you can go a little bit faster. Some years you cover more curriculum than you, than, than others because, um, because, uh, because the kids retained more. Um, on my uh, Facebook page, uh, just like me presents uh, on Facebook and Instagram, um, we do a, a, a Monday morning um, tip every week that has something this summer. The focus was um, what can you do over the summer? So I gave examples of like how you can incorporate math and, um, you know, over the summer when you go to a restaurant, like what games you can play, how to teach place value, playing with coins in your purse. Um, what activities can you do with reading um, over the summer that don't feel like reading um, because, you know, and like just, just different two minute videos that, you know, what can you do quickly with your kid over the summer every week that, you know, makes that makes that learning continue because it, it is important. And summer slide is very real. And, and if you do, if you do let them have that time off because you fundamentally believe, you know what, my kid does need a break and they don't need to learn. And that's, that's a mindset. And that's 100% fine. If that's your mindset, and again, as long as you are willing to uh, put your child in a different type of school, you know, if, if you're, but if you're, if your kid is going to a traditional public school or a traditional private school, then be prepared to have some difficulties with um, have some issues with your, with your kid, you know, first quarter when school starts back um, and be real frustrated. Like you knew this last year. What do you mean you can't multiply? You knew this, like, yeah, they did, but they just spent three months not doing it. And when you don't, when there's no repetition, when you don't do things over and over, like that, that's how we retain. That's how in our brains, our brains make connections so, um, so that we can, you know, access information that we have learned. When you first learn a skill, so a new skill you learn at the beginning of the end of the school year, because you're, if you don't practice that over and over and over again, that connection in your brain that teaches you how to take the new information and connect it to the old information, that's a bridge. If you don't use that bridge for three months, that bridge like disappears. And then you have to rebuild that bridge when you come back to school. So 
the more the if you do nothing over the summer, all those bridges that were brand new that didn't have time to solidify, they're gonna disappear. And it's like you're gonna be starting over from scratch. So um, definitely work doing things over the summer is important, making sure that you keep those active connections going. Um, just like me presents on Facebook, we have weekly tips. If you wanna um, if you wanna stop by and check out the videos, um, they're really easy, super simple, don't take a lot of time, but they will help with that summer slide. I love that, I love that. And then on top of that, to add a pandemic to the mix. So that's a whole nother conversation yes. right there. <laughs> But I mean, it has really been a learning moment and a teachable moment for all of us. I just thank God that my daughter is out of high school, finally going off to college because these past couple of years has been rough. Mm -hmm. So my hats off to you educators and parents out there still in the trenches with your children. God bless you. God bless you. Um, if you are just joining us, we are talking to Michelle Persons, who has over 20 years of education experience. And as you can tell, just by sitting here listening to her, she's extremely passionate about making sure that our children have a good, solid foundation and making sure that they are starting off on the right foot. So we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to let you know exactly how to get in contact with Michelle Person. And I'm going to introduce you to her website as well. So we are not quite done. We have a little bit more left. So don't go anywhere. I'll stay tuned. Join the Easy Way Movement. Visit EasyWayWall.com to check out the Easy Way Wall of Fame. Easy Way influencers are golden and you are chosen.
going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's your man, Eric Zuli. I'm an international commercial uh, Axe body spray star. I've done films. I'm on Amazon Prime right now. And I built my own social network platform. We have 300 million people that we reach on our, on our network. And I'm a man of God. And I'm telling you right now, man, where do you need to be? Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's it. Kiever's Place. You gotta go to Kiever's place. You gotta watch Kiever's place. You gotta hang out in Kiever's place. It's about Kiever. You You hang on Kiever's place. The easy way. And welcome back to Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. If you're just joining us, we are talking to Michelle Person. We are having a wonderful discussion about education, adversity in education, the achievement gap, and how soon you should, we think you should introduce literacy to your children. So I am so excited to have you here, Michelle. Thank you so much for just dropping all of those wonderful nuggets. Oh, no problem. That's what I do. Yeah, we can tell. (laughs) I definitely wanted to um, bring up your website because I think it's very important for um, our viewers to not only know how to get in contact with you, but to also see the various resources that you have on your website. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna put her website actually up on the screen before I take you through it very briefly. You can visit her at www.justlikemepresents.com. Again, that's www.justlikemepresents.com. And when you click on her website, it has um, information about webinars, which we're going to talk about briefly right there, about various products that they have. But I wanted to show you, if you are not sure on how to get your children started, you can click on their shop tab. And these are all of the books right here that Michelle has offered. So these are great resources for you to get and as you can see the books are not crazy expensive the majority are ten dollars so these are wonderful books for you to introduce to your children to get them started but not only does she have books she has other books that she um stands behind and backs as as well so you can go to jlm picks and these are more resources for you so if you don't know where to uh, start and also get books. And we were talking about diversity earlier. And let's be honest, sometimes it's very hard to find books um, that looks like us. So we have no excuses. She has a plethora of books right here that your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews will be able to relate to. So definitely check her out at justlikemepresents.com. Subscribe to her newsletter. And if you have any questions about anything, I'm pretty sure that if you reach out to her, she'd be more than happy to help you in any way possible. Definitely, 100%. Awesome. Webinars, before we um, pull up your other information, I know that you do offer webinars to help parents as well. So tell us a little bit more about your webinars. So the webinar that you saw on the face on the Just Like Me Presents page is a webinar that explains our new um, our new product, uh, Meanwhile in Africa. And Meanwhile in Africa is our new social studies curriculum, particularly for students in grades K through five. 
Um, and it is to give students a more well-rounded um, factual view of history um, that is that it, that is more engaging um, than the ones they typically receive in traditional public school. Um, so that webinar just walks you through the through the uh, the parts of the program. Um, you know what wh why the program is important, um, how the program is used, um, and and why you know you should consider it for your child as a supplement to what they're doing in school. Um, other programs and and uh, professional developments that we do, we do workshops. Um, meet the author workshops where um, students get to come in close personal contact with an author. They can ask questions. We talk about what it what it means to be an author. Uh, we do uh, a lot of programming and uh, with parents who um, at that age, that third, fourth grade, because there are certain things you need to know and practice to be able to pass those very important tests that we talked about earlier. So one of the things that we definitely talk about um, are, is, is how to best support practicing comprehension at home, how to support writing at home, because most of these tests, if you cannot write just as fluently as you read, um, you're not gonna pass the test. They, writing has become a huge component on state tests. And if your kid cannot put together a coherent paragraph with a clear opening and beginning um, and, uh, and, and have some details that they pull directly from the text, um, they're not gonna pass that test. And, and, that's, and I'm saying a paragraph is, is being polite. They wanna see as early as third grade, a kid be able to put together three paragraphs, um, which again, I think is my own personal opinion is ridiculous, but that is the expectation. And so, um, you know, and, and so if you don't understand what these what these look fors are, then you don't know how to support your your, your child at home. Um, so we do a lot of work with parents, family workshops uh, behind literacy. We, there are Meanwhile in Africa workshops as well. Meanwhile in Africa not only pushes um, um, uh, the 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 social studies or history, it also talks about entrepreneurship. How do we take the ingenuity and the creativeness and the inventions? that you know, we don't often hear about, but are there um, and take that those lessons and apply them to being global citizens in the 21st century. Um, and so every Meanwhile in Africa unit um, also has an entrepreneurship um, a focus. So we're taking, we're connecting what we, what our history and our past, and we are connecting it to what we want our futures to be. Um, so we have workshops around that. Um, and we also have workshops for teachers as well. Like, you know, what does it mean to have a culturally responsive classroom? What does it mean to 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 be diverse in your teaching? Um, and so we do we provide those types of workshops as well. And I know that we've spoken a lot about literacy, but you also have math programs, too, for parents and mm -hmm. Children. Math was actually, um, I hate math. You know, I, I don't, I tell people all the time jokingly, but I'm dead serious. Like I don't like the, after fifth grade. Yeah, I'm not teaching after fifth grade because the math becomes too hard for me, but I'm a really good math teacher. And that is because as a math teacher, I understand how to teach it the way in which I wish I had been taught. And um, I am a Teach for America teacher. I am a former KIPP teacher. Um, KIPP, the Knowledge is Power program, is in a many, many states across the country. Um, it's probably the most popular charter school network um, with the most successful results. Um, and um, we teach math a very specific way um, in KIPP, and everything is set to a song or with a story. And so I create, once I left KIPP, um, I took what I learned to every school that I've ever been at since then. Um, and any kid who's ever had me sings their multiplication facts. They know how, you know, division is not a problem. They can do their fractions. Like we, I, we do that. 
Um, and so, um, and so what I did was I packaged the lessons essentially that I would teach my classes and I put them, um, I put them together so that parents can use those, them, them as well. So we also have a math program that's on the website. I love it. I love it. How can our viewers get in contact with you? Um, info at just like me presents is a, a great email address. Um, you can join our Facebook group, uh, just like me presents, um, on Facebook. Um, the group is where people go to find extra tips um, and, and we share different resources. Um, our page is on Facebook as well. And just like me presents on Instagram. So I'm going to drop your email address info at just like me presents. So if mm -hmm. you have any questions, you know, about education, what you can do, how to get in contact with Michelle, how to get her resources you can definitely email her um you can reach her on facebook and instagram at just like me presents and of course her website again www.justlikemepresents.com and i would definitely say go to the website and join the, and subscribe to the newsletter um that's a great way to get um lots of different tips um month, monthly updates um, we have our our our, um, our woke podcast uh, read, uh, regarding woke um, uh, rewriting our children's education um, is is launching in September and that whole the whole thing is all about how do we rewrite education so that it works for our children um, and, and and they can experience success. And so, you know, it, there'll be, you know, we have a great people coming on to talk, give tidbits, to give, to give uh, supports, to give resources um, so that parents can take ownership over, um, over their kids learning, especially since most people don't have the resources to not participate in traditional public education. So when I'm saying all these things about, well, if you're going to be in traditional public education, trust me, I recognize I have two, I have three children and my two oldest participate and are currently participating in traditional public education. And so what I do is I want to make sure that I'm providing resources that we can supplement because there are definitely things that traditional public education lacks. And so that's where Just Like Me Presents come, comes in. And that's where regarding woke, um, rewriting our children's education, is it comes in to give us those, to make sure that their, their experiences are well-rounded and to make sure that they have every tool they need when we say, like, you see your babies, but your babies are pretty much gone, right? You, see, you got one yeah. already out. You got one who just graduated. We got to make sure we're giving them the tools they need so when they say bye, they are ready, that they can thrive independent of us. And so that's what we're doing. And not only that, set them up to where they can get, if not a free college education, yes. as close to free as possible. Because yes. what I've instilled in my children are you all are too smart to have to pay for college. And mm -hmm. I thank God that they were both, they had scholarships and mm -hmm. they are going to, my son went to a very prestigious military school and my daughter is going to a wonderful school as well. And I thank God that, you know, the majority of the education was paid for through scholarships. So mm -hmm. it pays to start your children off early because it saves hopefully in the long run for you. So Definitely. I'm a huge advocate. Set them babies up for success from day one. Day one. Once they come out the womb, I say before they come out the womb, because studies have shown that once it once you are reading to them when they are in the womb, you're playing music for them. Not only are are they getting used to your voice, but they are absorbing 
all of that, all of that. So I am here, here for it all. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. It has been an honor to have you. I would love to have you come back, especially once your podcast launches. If you, you know, find where we have been of value to you, I would love to have you back because I really feel as if the information and resources that you have, our audience, especially since school is starting back in yes. what, a month? Yep. A month and that's why, yeah, but a month and a half. And that's, that's the whole point. We want to make sure that we're launched and ready to go so that parents have this, especially as, again, the politicians, many states, they are trying very hard to make sure that when these babies go back to school, this information is not available. So we are working double time to make sure that we are ready to launch so that if your state is one of these states that is banning critical race theory and refusing to teach the real history of our country and you won't let anybody like then we, we need that we you need these tips. You need to follow, you need to stay up, get the updates, subscribe to the newsletter so that when when this information comes out, if the traditional public school systems are being told that they can't teach it, that does not mean that your baby doesn't get a chance to learn it. Exactly, exactly. And this is the time to be proactive right now. Right now. We don't need to be reactive. We need to be proactive as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So thank you again. I am going to give you the floor for any final words that maybe you wanted to say we didn't cover. So any final words you would like to leave with our viewers tonight, the floor is yours. Oh, I appreciate that. I, I just want to say that, you know, always understand that you are your child's first teacher. Um, and you cannot give it to the schools and think that they have your students' best interest at heart. A lot of teachers do, a lot of principals do, but they are parts of a very broken system. And, and so you have to always remember that in, in figuring out how to best educate your child. I was a great teacher, I think so. I've known better. I wasn't the I wasn't a mad, you know, wasn't the bestest, bestest. Um, but you know, I was a strong teacher, but I could only do what my district, what my principal, what what the law said I was able to do. And so it is really, really important that we as parents understand the law. It's really important as parents that we understand the forces that are acting on our schools that make it really hard for our children to get everything that they need. So it's really up on us to make sure that we're aware of what the schools are giving and then we are supplementing at home. And just like me presents as a great supplement um, I'm always looking for tips and free resources. And again, our podcast uh, regarding woke, uh, re-educating, uh, uh, rewriting our children's education. It's going to be nothing but making sure that you have the resources you need to prepare your students for the world they are going to inherit. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Well said. If you would like to get in contact with Michelle, definitely visit her website. Again, it's www.justlikemepresents.com. She has a plethora of information and resources on her website. So definitely get in contact with her. So thank you so much again. It it was truly a pleasure. And you're welcome back to this place to keep your mother show anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen, y'all have gotten the information. She has dropped so many nuggets. And like I stated earlier, we have no excuses to make sure that we are armed. We are armed with the most resources that we have to set our children up for success. So if you have enjoyed her, definitely reach out to her 
as I stated, if you would like to be a guest on our show, we are taking bookings for season three, which will start in September. So if you would like to be a guest on our show, definitely reach out to us. You can visit our booking site at tinyurl.com forward slash Kiever's Place Booking. Again, that's tinyurl.com forward slash Kiever's Place Booking. So thank you again for watching Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. We are greatly appreciative of you and your support. So until next time, family, let's continue to share, connect, and glow because we understand that building our network also builds our net worth. So thank you again for watching. We'll see you next Thursday night, same channel at Kiva's Place, same time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, peace and blessings. Good night. Thank you for watching Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. Tune in every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Kiva's Place. To be a guest on our show, text the word guest to 803-368-3030 or visit us at tinyurl.com slash Kiva's Place Booking. And watch us on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire as we're broadcasting more than 60 million homes worldwide.